Would you like to sell your business at a huge profit someday? Buckle on up as you're about to learn how to exit rich from your business from a prolific book author and renowned financial expert. Welcome to the Motivation Show podcast, where we interview remarkable world-class experts that help bring out the greatness within you. Top book authors, super successful business people, and outstanding special guests that will motivate and inspire you with their incredible, uplifting stories and life-changing tips and strategies. Our goal is your success. If you desire more out of life, you've dialed into the right show. So fasten your seatbelts, friends, and let's get ready for some high-octane motivation. Now, your host, the mayor of motivation, Eli Marcus. Our guest today is the New York Times bestselling co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad and 14 other Rich Dad books. She is also the author of Think and Grow Rich for Women and co-author of Three Feet from Gold, Outwitting the Devil, which was one of my favorites, Success in Something Greater, and the latest book she co-authored called Exit Rich. Welcome to The Motivation Show, Sharon Lecter. Thank you so much, Eli. I'm absolutely delighted to be with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, I'm excited to interview you and learn from you because you've written a lot of great classics, and I've read some of those. And my particular favorite happened to have been Outwitting the Devil because that was a Napoleon Hill classic. And I remember certainly reading Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, uh, which was written back about 1935. And I must've read that like 40 years ago. How do you uh, write all these books? <laughs> well, it's almost like having, um, this is my 26th book. So it's like having children, that many children. You know, when I find something that annoys me or something that I think I get the same question a lot of times, I go, okay, let's, let's take it and create something that people can access when they need it. So I understand you're pretty well known in circles as uh, the financial literacy and personal growth expert. Can you amplify on that further, Sharon? Well, thank you, Eli. I think I was raised in a very entrepreneurial home. I didn't understand that everybody didn't have the same concepts I did. And when I got into the real world, I realized people were chasing the dollar, looking for exchanging time for money. And I was raised very low, lower middle class, but I lived in a house between my mother's beauty shop, my dad's used car lot. We had rental properties that had scrub out bathrooms between tenants. And so I was steeped in this concept of assets that generated income. And it was just ingrained in me. And when I realized people didn't get that, that they, they needed extra money, they tried to work overtime or get a second job. And I really, when my own son went off to college and got into credit card debt, I said, this is crazy. We didn't even know he had credit cards. He had a really good time his first semester, but it's like, we need, people need to understand money because money either controls you or you control money and way too far. Many people are controlled by their money. And that my passion was December of 1992 when our son came home in credit card debt. That's when I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy and financial education. You know, Sharon, I never forget the time when I was visiting Florida and I see all of these yachts going up and down the intracoastal in the ocean. And I'm saying to myself, how do these people get on a yacht on a Monday afternoon while I'm working? <laughs> and so I'm thinking either they figured out 
how to delegate very well, or they have exited rich. <laughs> so that leads us, of course, to your book. Uh, what does exiting your business poor mean? You should talk about that. And why do so many business owners exit poor? Thank you. I love that question because over 85 to 90% of companies that businesses that try to sell will not sell because they haven't put the foundation in the business. And those business owners really don't own a business. They own a job and they are still, it's all centered around them and they have to show up. They've been excited about their product. They sell it, they make money. And so they keep building, but they don't understand that they're, they're just building their own job. In order to create that foundation for their business, we talk about this in XRH, you have to have all those aspects in place, the six Ps we talk about. You don't build a house without going down first and putting in the electric and the plumbing. That's how you have a strong home that will last through storms. Your business has the same issues. You have to have the foundation of your business. You have the right people. You need to have people on your team that are strong where you are weak. You need to have the right mentor, the right advisors, and build the business systems. That's the lifeblood of your business. You know, it's amazing that people will know facts about movie stars and TV shows that they listen to regularly, but they have not planned for their own business. They have not any tremendous goals for five years or 10 years or 15 years down the road. They are just consumed in their business maybe in some cases overwhelm. Actually, you're saying that you can actually start your business by thinking of your exit strategy, right? Yes, I mean, hopefully you're starting a business with the goal that it will be successful, all right? And we want to take that successful business and make it sustainable. And then by making it sustainable, you make it scalable, which will make it saleable. But when you start off your business, you need to think about that structure and make sure that you are putting yourself in the position of greatest potential and know that it's not, if you build your business around you, it's hard to exit. You want to make sure you have a successful business to solve a problem or serve a need. Remind yourself of what problem you're solving and what need you're serving and be mission focused, definite purpose and have the right people in the right seats. Business systems help you do that. Yeah, and Exit Rich, you mentioned that eight out of 10 businesses do not sell for a multitude of reasons. And I believe that's a report from Forbes. Why are these businesses not selling eight out of 10 businesses? Most of them don't sell because they have not built the structure of the business. They have not followed the guidelines that we have in the book Exit Rich. They haven't prepared themselves for sale. They have an idea. My business is worth $5 million. Well, they have nothing to back that up except their own emotion. And somebody comes in to potentially want to buy it and they see that there are no systems, their records, they're lousy. A lot of their sales are not documented appropriately. Their database is, is a mess. So they don't want anything to do with it. And so you want to go into it, understanding how to position yourself to, so that you have the greatest value possible. A lot of these businesses, their greatest value is intangible. That's not on the book value. So they haven't taken the time to identify that intangible value, intellectual property. They haven't protected it. They haven't leveraged it. And that's where a tremendous amount of value resides in most businesses. So unless you start paying attention to that and you bring in people who know what they're doing, you're not going to be positioned appropriate to sell. 
Is there a perfect time to sell a business? You know, when do most business owners usually even think of selling it? And when is that best time to just say, okay, I got to move on? Well, there are those businesses that sell because it's part of their strategy. There are those businesses who are successful that all of a sudden start getting phone calls from bigger companies that want to purchase them because they're doing such a great job, whether it's geographically or industry. And so the suitors start coming to you before you even realize it. And then the third one is those people that are forced into selling through death, divorce. And those are the ones that are usually the ones that don't sell and don't get the kind of value they need because they haven't prepared themselves for it. So there's lots of different reasons to sell. You obviously would prefer to be the one that's so successful that all of a sudden your phone starts ringing off the hook from other bigger players that want to acquire you. I think a lot of people think of selling under distress instead of selling under strength. And in your book, you talk about selling more at strength when your business is out of profit. Don't sell it when somebody dies, because then the buyer probably is going to know that you're somewhat desperate and you're not selling it, you know, maybe, or, or maybe your business is struggling. Why would somebody buy a, a struggling business unless they so confident that they could sell it, make it a profit when you couldn't? That's a tough thing to do. So let's talk about your GPS exit model that you have in your book, which I, I find is a great name, GPS. Of course, it kind of tells you you have to be targeted on some destination. You kind of have five bullet points in that GPS model. And the first one is, you know, determining your destination. You know, what is your desired sales price like? Tell us about that first one. Well, I think that comes from understanding I mean, getting the technical advice, bringing in a broker or bringing in a business advisor that understands what your business is worth and can help you establish what that target is. Because that gives you the ability to kind of be a little bit more focused in what you're looking for. It helps you identify potential purchasers and understanding, you know, the, the identity of what you want to accomplish. Do you want to stay involved in the company? Do you want to make sure your employees are taken care of? the culture of your company. So really focusing in on what your vision is and what it is you want to do is very important. Actually, in your book, what fascinates me is you give an example that people will annually fix their car. They'll get an annual checkup, you know, health-wise, but their business, they have nobody evaluating until the very end. But you're saying it should be almost like an annual thing where you have somebody from the outside come in and, and tell you the health of your current business so you can plan better. Uh, Even makes... though I was a CPA and accounting and I, I pretty much had my pulse on all my finances. When we were building the Rich Dad organization, I still had an independent accounting firm come in to audit our books every year because I wanted to make sure we had that independent set of eyes on them, looking at them. Mm. And it's really important because your numbers tell a story and it's better to correct something in process along the way than to try and look back and say, oh my gosh, let's try and explain these weirdness, the weirdness that we see in the numbers. So it's really important to have that outside input. Yeah. And that really speaks to the second part of that GPS exit model. You talk about know your current location, the value of your company now. Don't wait until you know, you're in some situation where it's a little bit too late. So yeah, I, I can identify with that. And you know, we also talk about the third principle there, identify who your buyers will be. How do you identify who your buyers will be? Oh, it's, it's so important, Eli, because what happens is you can spend tons of time, energy, and money talking to people that are not the right purchasers. 
and you've wasted all that time, energy, and money. So that's the importance of bringing in somebody who understands your industry, whether it be a business broker, an attorney who's in, in, into mergers and acquisitions, a mergers and acquisitions expert, somebody that can look at what you have and immediately identify areas that you can bolster your company shore it up, make it better. But they also can say, okay, I actually have a pool of purchasers out here that I can reach out to. And this is not the right company. And that's what happens when you start getting phone calls. You have to make sure that the people calling you are ones that are legitimate purchasers. And that's where it really is important to have that outside advice. Yeah, and you know, number four, you talk about knowing your time frame. And what's interesting is, you know, there are people that have approached me, wanted to partner with me in the business. And the first thing I actually think of is when am I going to be able to cash out and exit <laughs> at this stage of my life? You know, I don't want to be spending 25 years committed to a business. You know, I want to know what is the end game so I can really appreciate people knowing as soon as possible, you know, what is your time frame? And, and you talk about a typical time frame uh, of being five to seven years. Can you maybe expound upon that a little bit? Setting that strategy. All right. It's a kind of the same thing with a succession plan. If you're talking about bringing, turning a company over to employees or to your family members, you need to put the house in order. You need to put the strategies. You need to have that transition plan so that you have the greatest opportunity for success through that succession plan or that transition. Same thing when, when you're selling a company, sometimes you can be at the top of your game and somebody calls you and the deal's done in six months. More than likely, it's not going to be done in six months. More than likely, it's going to take and, and stretch out. And if you know as part of your exit strategy, you want to sell in three to five to seven years, now is the time to start putting those things in order so that you are best positioned to sell, that you've crossed the T's, you've dotted the I's, and that you get to that point where when somebody comes in to do the due diligence, they don't say, oh my God, this is a mess. They go, oh, I'm impressed got your house in order. And that's what you want to achieve. Yeah, and the last one you talk about of the GPS exit model is determining your why. And that word why has become a real buzz phrase in the last couple of years. You know, so many people just never thought of why they're doing whatever they're doing, whether they're working for somebody, owning a business, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And why are you going to exit? You know, what is your plan? Can you talk a little bit about the why of selling? Well, I actually like to address the other side of that question, and that is so many business owners identify themselves as their business. And so part of that exit strategy has to be understanding who are you going to be after you sell your business? You know, the why to sell it is, you know, I'm going to sell this so that I can do this, so that I can be of contribution, so that I can take the money I've earned from selling this business and do something different that I want to do. Because your vision for the future is important to get through the emotion of the actual selling of a business that you built, your baby, all right? And so the why is maybe it's the right time because somebody's there, they're going to give you a lot of money, but you have to make the decision up here why. Why am I selling? Why am I walking away? What, what's next in my life? Let's have that goal of who I'm going to be after I own this business. Yeah, and you talk in your book also about writing two lists down, you know, things I don't want in my business or life and things I do want in my business or life. And uh, understand from your co-writer that you actually threw away one of those lists, the uh, things I don't want in my business or life. So tell us a little bit about that. 
Well, I think it's important for all of us to know what you know, the stop doing list. What is not working for you? Look, we get involved in a business and we have this shiny object syndrome and things come along. Oh, we'll do that. We'll do that. So I, uh, when I work with people, I have them li literally do a list of everything they do that makes them money or everything that they do that makes them money or takes their time. And then I go through and say, okay, so what is on mission? for what this company wants to do specifically on mission and, and grade it one to 10. And then what are you really good at as a company? What are you unique at? And what do you make money from? And then really analyze that and say, okay, what's, you know, what's at the top 70%, 70 to 100% of things that are really on target that you're really good at, that makes you unique and makes you money. And let's make sure we're giving enough time and energy to that. And then let's look at those things that maybe fall into that lower half of that of that list and say, maybe we need to free up our time and stop doing some of these things so that you are focused on moving forward the mission of your company, your energy, your time, your money is dedicated to your definite purpose. And that is your mission of solving a problem, serving a need. You know, Sharon, one of my favorite shows on TV is a, uh... Marcus Lemonis in The Prophet. And what strikes me as funny is he'll make a deal with people. They're ready to go. And he has made it very clear that, you know, he's in charge, at least for a particular period of time. But you, you find these people just don't want to let go. And he already cut a deal, but they still don't want to let go. I guess they have this thing called buyer's remorse setting in. You know, they're already regretting it five minutes after they cut the deal. And so for a lot of these people, obviously, the unknown of not being in control is scary and comfortable. What do you tell your clients on how to handle that buyer's remorse? Well, that's part of that why that we just talked about. I want people to think about life after, right? Life after some, because we're usually so involved in running our business the day to day. And it also happens to people that are professionals that retire. All right. My husband, he retired from being corner office in, in a very prestigious law firm. He retired and came home and he didn't have millions of people working for him anymore. So he had to go through an identity crisis. And the same thing happens for business owners where you've identified yourself as a CEO and founder of this company. And you've done that for years and it's very successful. And all of a sudden figure out what's my new title investor. I'm an investor, right? Former CEO and founder. And so there's like this redefinition of who you are afterwards. And that's really where the emotional piece is, is understanding you are still the same person. You've had the successful exit and now you can be changed from being a business owner to a philanthropist, a, a, a person of significance of contribution and elevating yourself. But you need to look at that from a standpoint of knowing what you wanna be in that next chapter will help you prevent yourself from having buyers or sellers remorse. Yeah, some people are so identified in their business, there are nicknames for them in the business, their egos tied into the business and they can't even imagine you know, life without the business, they're so consumed with it. So yeah, I, I think it's hard for certain people just to let go and they just don't know when to let go. And sometimes, unfortunately, they're forced to let go. So you obviously, your book is a wonderful resource for helping people not to get to the point where unfortunately, they're not in control of the outcome and the decision as much as they could have been if they had just decided to uh, sell it at an earlier time and 
and like you said, maybe have a, a stronger goal, you know, in life, you know, you have to give up something good, often just get something great. And that's with business, you can give up something good. But uh, the next chapter can be even greater. And you know, so in your book, you have a, a very interesting subtitle, it says the 6p method to sell your business for huge profit, you don't say profit, you say huge profit. Tell us a little bit about how we can sell it for huge profit. Well, part of it is understanding how to make sure you're identifying all the value in your business. So many people sell their business without really identifying all the value because 40 years ago, Fortune 500 companies were 85% bricks and mortar, 15% intangible. Today, that's more than flipped. It's closer to 90% intangible, 10%. And so the world has shifted. You think about Airbnb, one of the largest hospitality companies in the world, they own no hotels. Uber, one of the largest transportation companies, they own no cars. And so the, the world has shifted, which has allowed us to be more competitive as small business owners because of that. But the additional piece of that is a large amount of your valuation is intangible because that's the intellectual property. Think of Amazon, right? They have the incredible valuation that's intangible. So how do you value that in your own business? And it's so important. That's one of my superpowers. Michael and I, are, he's an intellectual property attorney. So I help people identify where that intangible value is, identifying their intangible assets or intellectual property, protecting it, and then leveraging it. And so many people fail to do that and understand that that's tremendous value in a potential sale of a business. And if you don't know how to identify that, then you're hurting yourself and you're bringing the price down. And those six P's, you know, people, who's on your team, making sure you have the right people, people that are strong where you are weak, the right mentor. Then you're looking at your product. What is it that you sell? Is there a way for you to leverage that and expand that brand to go into other areas for additional revenue streams? Your processes, your business systems are what help you become scalable. Business systems are intellectual property. They might make you identify your competitive advantage. Business systems are exceptionally valuable in a company and people don't realize that. And then your proprietary, what is it that you do that you own that's different from someone else? What is your competitive advantage? Let's identify that and protect it. And that's so important. And most people fail to do that as well. Your patrons. That's your database. Today's world, everybody's all excited about Instagram and LinkedIn and TikTok and Facebook, but those you don't own. Yes, you want to be out there. You want to be everywhere as lead generations, but then you want to nurture them and invite them home to your database. Many companies sell simply for a competitor to get hands on your database. So make sure you have a, a communication system back to a business system to nurture your database and to continue growing that and building that over time. And then the last P is profit, right? And it's very important to have a profit. Yeah. Most people focus on the product and the profit and they forget those other P's. Yeah, well said. You know, a lot of people are going to be listening here. They're entrepreneurs, but there's a, probably as equal amount of people who are entrepreneur dreamers. You know, people who are working for other people who in the gut of their mind, they're just saying to themselves, uh, you know, I really want to take control and I want to be an entrepreneur, but I just can't leave that job. I'm getting paid well. I've got good benefits. Uh, how do you help the mindset of the person who kind of knows that they'll never be satisfied unless they take that leap, but just can't take the leap? 
Well, I think reading Acts of Rich will help educate you as to how, if you take the leap, what you need to do to truly create success in that business. The other thing it does is it helps you if you want to invest in a business. Maybe you're not ready to leave as an employee where you are, but you want to dip your toe. So you see a business that you want to invest in. This helps you go through the process of analyzing, doing your due diligence on that business as to where you want to invest. So a lot of times people start their entrepreneurial journey by investing in someone else's business. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you want to build up your self-confidence because you, you use the word control. Most business owners don't want to be employees. And that's the other thing about that transition. After you sell, if you have a clause in there that you have to stay for a couple of years, you have to adjust to the fact that you're no longer the one in control. That's a big shift for a lot of these business owners. But for people that know they're, they're relying on a paycheck, start a business on the side, a small one, and let it start growing and nurture it. You can probably find five to 10 hours a week to start something on the side. Great advice. Yeah. Might as well just start where you are and uh, keep what you're doing until you get enough confidence uh, to leave that. Yeah, that's great. So the second part of what you're best known for, we know you're obviously a financial literacy expert. You've proven that here, but the second part is personal growth expert. Can you give us some nuggets of wisdom, how people can follow you once they uh, finish listening here? Well, thank you, Eli. I think, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. I realize a lot of people, you either control your money or your money controls you. And so when I teach a class or I have a program, I have mindset actions as well as money actions, because you have to adjust your mind. Everybody's heard about the lottery winners who go broke or the big athletic people with millions of dollars who would live under a bridge at the age of 35 because they didn't, they never trained themselves and understood the power of money, how to control it. And so it controlled them. And it's so important to understand that. And I start with people thinking, you know, what did your parents say about money? And allow them to know that, you know, when you grew up, people said, we can't afford it. Money doesn't grow on trees, pinch your penny. So you heard all this negativity about money, money, negative, money, negative, money, negative. And so you grew up with this mindset of scarcity. No wonder, right? So once you can identify that, you can release it. And that's what I do. I actually, um, with when this whole pandemic started, I really was concerned about a lot of people because of the fact that they were afraid for their job. They were afraid to die. They were afraid to be alone. And so I launched something called the Daily ATM Deposit, kind of a play on words for banks, but it's abundance tips and mentorship because I wanted to put that moment of positivity in people's lives in the morning saying, you're okay. You And every one of them, I end with, you are fabulous because I want people to stand in their own power. We've heard people say, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I go, stop it. Don't wait for someone else to bring the light to you. Create, become your own beacon of light, add value to other people's world. And that's what we, will help us get to where we want to be. I was raised by a father that would ask me each night, Sharon, have you added value to someone's world today? So yes, I have the finances, but I also have the, a life dedicated to contribution. And that's through helping other people by bringing positivity into their lives. And so I've been very excited about this because it's ATMs is abundance, tips and mentorship every single day. You can find it at atm.sharonlector.com. It's just my, my way to just support people during these, these trying times. 
your father was a wise man adding value to other people's lives. If we can all just start out on our journey, just with that one thought, instead of being an analysis paralysis, just say to yourself, how do I add value? And then just take it from there. Hopefully the universe and a lot of hard uh, work will lead you towards the path that you need. As far as I'm concerned, uh, I can't imagine anybody who owns a business would not want to read your book, Exit Rich, and get a plan on how to exit in a way that's going to make all that hard work, all that thought finally pay off. You know, you've got to think about that up front. And your book convinced me of that because I, even though myself, I, when I had talked to other people, you put it in a light in a way that it's the most important thing you can possibly do for your business because the pandemic taught us that even though you could be doing business the same way for 30 something years, like I had, all of a sudden, the whole environment changes. And you're thinking that you're going to go on forever the same way. But the pandemic weakened a lot of businesses, you know, so, you know, you have to be prepared. Uh, hopefully, there isn't another pandemic, but there can be other things going on. So I want to yeah, thank yeah, you. You have yeah. to learn how to adapt and adjust. Yeah. I tell people, you know, a lot of people use the word pivot. And I don't like that word, because that if you know what you want to do, you're, the problem you're solving, the need you're serving, then your focus on your definite purpose, that doesn't change. But the world changed. And so like it's being on a sailboat, you're headed to Catalina Island and the wind changes. You have to change your sails. You have to recalibrate, but you're still headed to Catalina Island. And so in your business, you still want to accomplish it, but you need to adjust and adapt how you accomplish that because of the changing dynamics and the changing economic circumstances. Well, I'm going to be looking at your website as regularly as I possibly can. So tell our audience uh, how they can follow you on your website and elsewhere. Well, thank you, Eli. Yes, SharonLector.com. And I'm Sharon Lecter everywhere, Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And the website SharonLector.com has several online programs that I offer at various levels. It also has information about my mentoring programs. And so please reach out to me. My email is info at SharonLector.com. And of course, Exit Rich, we'd love for you to, to buy the book, ExitRichBook.com forward slash buy, get you the electronic copy right away. And we send you the, the hard copy as well. ExitRichBook.com forward slash buy. And I'm so appreciative, Eli, of you taking this time and visiting with me. I appreciate you. Well, thank you for being on the show, Sharon. And I have to tell you, I'll be reading Exit Rich for a second time in case I miss something. So thank you again. Thanks so much for tuning in. We love our listeners and we believe you have greatness within you. If you like The Motivation Show, we appreciate you subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. Check out EliMarcusSuccess.com to hear more inspiring shows and to read our motivational blog. That's EliMarcusSuccess.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>